I'm David Farrier, a New Zealander accidentally marooned in America, and I want to figure out what makes this country tick. Now, I like to think that in making this podcast, I'm slowly learning to understand the customs and ways of the American people. And I am making progress. I'm tipping correctly. And if I'm horribly injured, I feel somewhat prepared for the trials and tribulations of the healthcare system. I'm also getting used to getting a side of fries with everything and the fact that you call fries fries and not chips. However, other things are more subtle and difficult to wrap my head around. And I realize that decades in New Zealand means that fitting into the United States is riddled with danger at every turn. Something that became painfully clear during the tipping episode of Flightless Bird. Let's rewind to September 6th. It was a Tuesday. Good. And I'm really happy we've settled at the 20. This is a good place to be. 20 is, is a great place Mainly to be. just because I can do the maths. Maths isn't my strong suit. <laughs> and thank God it's not some other amount. <laughs> okay. And also, in America, it's math singular. What? <laughs> oh, God. What? You do math. Are you being serious? No, I, I think this is probably just me being uneducated in general. I think it's probably the same in New Zealand. Okay. I would say I'm bad at maths, but it yeah. should be I'm bad at math. No. That's what you said. You said maths a couple of times, and I thought you Oh, that's you were what joking. I've said my entire life. No. No, this is me. Okay, it's yeah. math yeah. singular. <laughs> okay, thank you for this education. Monica absolutely roasted me for the way I talked about mathematics. My whole life, I'd said maths. But here in America, it's math, no S. I panicked in the moment, backing down instantly, scampering away like a crab running under a rock. Dax noticed too. This was our conversation on an armchair expert that I accidentally gate crashed. Okay, so we're not here to talk about the way you say math or maths or how quickly you concede to a counterpoint. What? Can I just double down that... It's math. You have to say math in America. Of all the topics I've delved into on Flightless Bird, religion, tipping, the healthcare system, it was this one word that elicited a tidal wave of feedback and raging debate. My inbox was full to the brim, people fizzing from the bunghole with screams of math and maths. I'd hit some kind of pressure point, not only in the United States, but across the entire planet. I wanted to find out what the confusion came from, and more importantly, who is right and who is wrong. So get your ruler, protractor, set square, compass, and calculator, and don't forget to sharpen that pencil, because this is the maths, ah, fuck, math, math, this is the mathematics episode. Flatness, flatness, flatness bird touchdown in America. Do you feel like this is going to be an attack? I feel defensive. (laughs) That whole math maths thing marked a very seminal moment in Cinnamon's path Mm. and armchair umbrella. It's happened Mm. with you and I. There's a pivotal (laughs) moment. I know what you're going to say. Where... The, the new shift. face <laughs> is liked more than the introductory face. <gasps> so what, Ouch! <laughs> I did not expect no, that so, to be the end of that so sentence. No, like basically <laughs> what I learned in that is that people were willing to skewer you and I because they love David so much. That's my point. Very seminal moment. Monica's looking for a very dark look. Because I don't like to not be liked, so ouch. But it's also a seminal moment for you. It's a passing of the torch. <laughs> mm, like, do you know how much shit I've gotten on your behalf? 
I mean, do you know how many people have come from well, my head? Also, same about you. People are very passionate. And when people think a point, they go all the way in. And it's just the internet in general. There's no one out there saying, oh, there was a difference of opinion. It's like yeah. picking sides and it's a war, which I secretly really like when it's about something as funny as language. I agree. Okay. But well, people in other countries, look, this is a show about America <laughs> and I stand by I stand by. In America, you say math. And you were very clear about that. Yeah. And this this episode is going to be a big battle and it's going to be a fight. <laughs> oh, but fuck. I also want to say you, that Fair. you did very specifically say, in America, this is what you say. And that was new information to me. And so I appreciated getting that information. I'm not ready to leave the emotional point. There's an emotional thing that happened, which is really beautiful, which is mm. for at least this show, we introduced you to the listeners. Mm. And the listeners were like, fuck you too. I'm team David Ferrier. That's a beautiful moment. And I don't want to skim over yes, it. It felt too. good. Right? Yeah, it felt really good. Yeah, it's like you're going to meet up with some friends <laughs> at an amusement park and you bring a stranger, right? And then midway through, you're like, I'm in the mood for hot dogs. The friend you brought that was a stranger to the other people says, I want pizza. And then the other gang goes, yeah, we're going with Mike to get pizza. And you're like, whoa, that flipped. Yeah, when did that shift? <laughs> I hate that guy. Why? Because... You we have to think of David. <laughs> be loyal. Be I think loyal. it's a beautiful moment for David. What I loved about this is that when you're doing a podcast, and this is my first experience doing this, you don't know what is going to cut through into people's very core. Mm. And I thought episode one, religion, yeah. mega churches, God, why we're here. Yeah. I thought that would create some craziness. It was like crickets. People listen to it. They're like, okay. What's really staggering when you enter is like how religious the country is. So that's maybe the downside. But then the upside is we've also been hearing this goddamn debate since we were born in this country. Like yeah, like I think we're kind of immune to it. Yeah, this some is a level. new debate. Yeah. Maths and maths. People's imaginations were just ignited and everyone, I guess everyone could speak on it as well. It's a new technology, math. Yeah. Maths is like a whole new technology. Oh, no, now you're going to say it. <laughs> no, oh, God, no. It sounds ridiculous. <laughs> exactly. Oh, it's preposterous. None of the disciplines do you pluralize. You We're going to get into this. We go some places. Okay. We're going to go on a real journey. Okay. But I did want to find out whether Monica was alone in this. She wasn't. Do you say math or maths? Math or mathematics? That's what we say. In New Zealand, we put an S on the end. We all say maths. No. No S. Don't ask me to pronounce it. My pronunciation is horrible. Do you say math or maths? Math. Would you ever say maths or is it always math? Math. 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 Can't get used to it. It's always been math for me. Yeah, always been math. Math. You say mathematics, so why are you dropping the S when you shorten it to math? That's a good question. There's probably an answer somewhere, but I don't know it. I say math. You never say maths? I haven't, but I listened to the episode, and I think everyone else does, so I'm on your side on this one. <laughs> I really appreciate that. That's really good. Yes. Motherfucker. <laughs> well, definitely it's not maths-matics. Well, that's also a good point. Yeah, mm -hmm. like, so we're taking the first part. If we took the second part, we might say Maddox, if it was an abbreviation in that way. But it's not appropriate to add the S from the end of the word to the middle of the word. Okay. You say mathematics because 
under the umbrella of mathematics, you have addition, subtraction, division, multiplication, algebra, <laughs> yeah. trigonometry. Mm -hmm. This is the field of mathematics. When you use the term math, you say, I just did the math. Do the math. You're talking about addition. You're not talking about the full spectrum of mathematics. It is always implied exactly what element of the mathematics umbrella you're talking about. You know, you got to deduct what he owes you. Do the math. You mean subtraction. You don't mean plural. You don't mean many different things. What do you say when you're at school in America and you're off to maths class? Math. You don't say, I'm off to mathematics. You say, I'm going to math. I, I'm have, going, math. I have math next, yeah. is what you would say. But if oh you say, God, I'm off I to math, school. that means you're doing one thing. You, you just are. have to do some adding. We're you, doing adding today. You Another are. math. If you're going to math in high school, you have algebra. You have trigonometry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You have geometry. Mm -hmm. You're not going into a general philosophical debate about mathematics as a historical discipline. It's one thing. I can see. No, that makes perfect sense. Okay. Yeah. It also elicits so much fear in me because I truly hated the subject, mathematics, and I still get those dreams where I am at the end of the school year and I've got the big maths exam coming up, <laughs> math exam coming up. No and saying, say it right. I realize I haven't gone to any of the classes all year and Ooh. I know nothing. And that is the stress dream that has never, ever gone away. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, so math ends at seventh grade here, typically. How old are you in seventh grade? 12. 14, okay. Oh, seventh grade, yeah, 12, <laughs> yeah, 12. and 13. 12, okay. Because in eighth grade starts pre-algebra. Pre-algebra. So well, for me, anyway, like this is how it went. Oh, God. Dribbling <laughs> out. They're Cream just pie. It, they're just like, oh, wow. Whoa, you went over the well, top. Well, we learned Cream about it. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, I got it. We learned about it in porn. Okay. You aren't listening to these. I'm learning. We have too many shows. You are enjoy We're recording them and trying to listen to all of them. It's, <laughs> it's not possible. Yeah. Okay. I got to pick and choose. So... You'd say, I'm going to math. I listened math. to the beginning of pornography. <laughs> okay. So I can it's hear fine. about your guys' sexual experiences, which interests oh, me greatly. Yeah. And which you already knew. Stranger's sexual experiences? I was like, oh, I can't yeah. see Well, he that. goes to a porn site. It is really great. Oh my anyway. God, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, you'd stop. <laughs> oh my God. This is what I wanted from this episode tension. Yeah. This is so good. She's going to have a tantrum. <laughs> yeah, she never right. had an on air tantrum. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You'd say, I'm going to math. Kindergarten, first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. Seventh, in eighth grade, you'd say, oh, I have pre-algebra. You might still say math if you're slow to transition, but it's pre-algebra. <laughs> then ninth grade, geometry. Tenth mm. grade, trig. Eleventh grade, You gotta take two of pre-calc, yeah, and algebra two if you're on the trajectory. Pre-algebra is everything but not quite full algebra? Introduction to the quadratic equation. Mm -hmm. When I went to school, we had maths, and then you, eventually we would go into either statistics, which was for the idiots, yeah. or calculus, which was for the really smart people. Yeah. I definitely did statistics. Calc, I just could not get my head around at all. I did stat also in, in my senior year. You could do, I did AP stat. You could do Stat AP? or stats? Stat. Oh, oh. oh, do you say stats? Oh, stats, yeah. <gasps> yeah, statistics. I mean, those are the stats. I actually... I get that a little more than oh, math. Hello. A yeah, I've never even heard of someone saying stat. So that's new to me. So okay, but did you take stat? No. So I was on the trajectory of how you had to double up in your, I guess, 10th or 11th grade year. You had to do trig and pre calc. Oh, yeah. Two hours of my day were math. And then I just had this light bulb moment. I think it corresponded perfectly with when I was reading on the road and already beginning to question whether I wanted to go to college or be a mm -hmm. professional. And I just had this moment where I was like, what on earth am I doing? 
I am yeah. never in life going to be using any of these formulas or having to figure out these problems. And then I flat dumped out. I don't even think I had math in senior year. Just done. Wow. Done. I like retired from math in 11th grade. So none of us have taken calculus. We all stopped at pre-cal mm, and then we yeah. went stat. That's a nice thing Stats. to all share. Do you say pre-cal or pre-calc? I guess I said pre cal. It just came out of my mouth. Oh, God, that's even closer to pre cum. We're getting closer to pre cum. It just gets so much nastier. The more boys in the room, the nastier it gets. The other thing, just very quickly about school, it is alarming when you look back. It seems useless. I know you're forming social bonds and you're testing your brain and you're figuring out all that stuff. But most of the content that went into my brain during school in New Zealand, Mm. I'm not using any of it. Mm -mm. I'm taking to an extreme. Stuff like calculus, statistics, maths. Um, there's a bunch of stuff. Not chemistry, using chemistry. Not using any chem. See, I, I find that I like knowing how atoms become molecules. Like I'm Good glad point. I know of all that stuff, and I'm, yep. I love biology, and that seems applicable to my normal thoughts. But calculus, no. Trigonometry, no. Geometry, sure. You run into an occasional. I've had to use the Pythagorean theorem in real yeah, life. You're you building have? things, though. You're yes. more practical. I'm not, so I don't get to use any of that stuff. Right. But that's great. You do. Are kids at school still getting out protractors and compasses and stuff, or is it all on the laptop? My daughters are currently fucking around with protractors. protractors. Oh, that's cool. exciting. Uh, compasses. I'm yeah. Saying. Yeah, yeah. Do yeah, you yeah, yeah. know what pi is? Pi three point. One, one, something, something, one something, four. something recurring. Yeah, yeah, 3.14. And you know pi r squared? No, no pi idea. Pi r round. <laughs> oh, no, okay. The area of a circle is pi r squared. Really? But, but we all know pi r round. <laughs> you get it? It's a math joke. I get it. Math I get it. It's really good. There's so many hilarious math jokes. I got to go back to the intro. Mm. One last thing before you transition. The way you were saying maths. Mm. To all the people you were questioning, you sounded like the evil reptile in the Garden of Eden. You were like, do you say math? <laughs> you know, I did. Like trying just, to lure them over. There were a few <laughs> examples where I'd go to ask that question and people just didn't hear the difference. Yeah. So that's why I started going, instead of saying math or maths, I'd be like, what? I'd be like, math or maths. And then they started getting what the situation was. It was a weird oh. scenario though. I've been thinking about this a lot. So I went and made a documentary about my journey into this, and I want to share it with you. Growing up, we're taught to avoid talking about religion and politics around the dinner table. They're giant divisive topics that bring out the worst in us. Since being in America, I'd add maths to the list. It's definitely math. You're wrong. Wrote Christine on Instagram. You're right. It's maths. Americans don't know what they're on about, said Eddie. You had me yelling at how quickly you allowed yourself to be corrected. Wrote Tamara, whereas Shelley leapt to Monica's defense, saying, Anyone judging Monica for how she speaks to David, you know they adore each other, and her talking about his maths mistakes are a friendly ribbing. Let's be clear. Monica and I get on great. Love her. But this wasn't a friendly ribbing. It was an act of war. But I'm a peacemaker. And so to keep the peace, I needed to get to the bottom of why I'm so happy saying maths, while Monica and the rest of America say math. My name's Dean Curry. I'm a freelance writer. I'm living in Australia at the moment. It was clear I couldn't talk to an American about this touchy subject, and a New Zealander would be too biased towards me. So as a compromise, I tracked down a New Zealander who deflected to New Zealand's sworn enemy, Australia. 
There's logic in that, I promise. I worked for the Australian Writers' Centre doing a lot of content writing for them. And since 2014, I've actually done a weekly column about the quirks and inconsistencies of the English language, whether that's the differences in the way people spell words or say them or the origin of lots of sayings and things. Just an etymological playground, and it's really good fun. Obviously, in New Zealand, we say maths. In America, it's math. This was a real surprise to me. It was news to you, clearly. Typically, the world looks in at America. There's such a big influence in TV, movies, social media, the internet, that often the world knows what's going on in America, but often the other way around isn't so much. This is entirely true. Growing up in New Zealand, America made a big impact. There's a reason my cat was called Chandler Bing. We watched your TV shows and movies and went ballistic when Burger King and Carl's Jr. opened. 9-11 dominated our local news shows. So did Obama and Trump. The fact is, tiny places like New Zealand know what's happening in America, and it doesn't really work the other way around. I mean, what do you know about New Zealand besides Lord of the Rings, Flight of the Concords, and Sheep? Most of the time it's North America versus the rest of the world with these kind of differences. So what's going on? Why am I saying maths while America says math? It's one of these fascinating history lessons, and I'm going to say from the start that I might get a bit of flack for this, but no one's wrong in this situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> goodbye. Yeah. No, there is definitely what people are used to, and everyone in their camp is going to claim that their way is the best way. But if you actually look historically... Yeah, but just quickly, I'm going to interrupt there because it must be wrong. I mean, you say mathematics, <laughs> right? You don't say mathematic. You say mathematics. So there, if you're going to shorten it, it is clearly going to be maths as opposed to math. Yeah. What do you shorten gymnastics to? Gym. Right. You bastard. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome to the English language. If we go back to the 14th century, the word was actually from Latin mathematica or just mathematic. It was actually once just mathematic, like arithmetic. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's looking shaky right now. Okay, so originally there was no S attached to the end of math. When the British came over to America in like 16, 1700s, that was what everyone was saying at the time. So it's a bit like a fossil. They took it and ran with it at that point in history. Yes, there was communication across the ocean, but it wasn't like it is today. This is how a lot of words happened. It was that kind of diverging. If you think of that end of... Fast and Furious 7. He's talking about that dramatic scene where at the end of Furious 7, as a farewell to the real life Paul Walker had recently passed away, Brian and Dom are presented with two diverging roads in front of them. Let's say USA's Paul Walker. And so he's going off into the sunset. It's all about family. Britain stayed on the course. So they diverged. And that's kind of what's happened with this one here. They've taken what was the word at the time for everyone. And yet after those two words split, it's, it's been, been a long time, you know, and all that stuff. <laughs> that's when Britain decided around about the 1700s suddenly got this big fad about adding S's to everything. It wasn't about a plural. Because if you say the sentence, mathematics is my favorite subject, well, it is. It's a singular. You're not saying mathematics are my favorite subject. So it's nothing to do with a plural. Dean points out that there were no dictionaries in the 1700s. That wouldn't happen for another 200 years or so. So language was sort of an untamed wild west. How does it happen where suddenly Britain and the rest of us are suddenly deciding to throw an S on? I mean, it's not a social media trend. There's no TikTok. How the heck is that happening? 
Yeah, well, I mean, back then, Britain was pretty much the world and what they said ran. And there were a lot of decisions they made. It was like a big rebuilding phase. It was like a word renaissance. King, one of the Georges, I think there were about four in a row there for a while. He was really obsessed with the French throughout the 1700s and up to Queen Victoria in the 1800s. So we got a lot of words like the new French way of doing it rather than the original Latin, which it had come from. And America's gone back to the original Latin with a lot of their spelling, like theatre with the E-R, whereas we've kept the R-E, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, that drives me nuts too. In New Zealand, I spell theatre, T-H-E-A-T-R-E. In America, you're all about E-R at the end. And there's a whole bunch of other like analogue with the U-E on the end. Spelling is a whole other episode. But the point is this. It used to be math for everyone. That idea came to America and it stuck. It stuck while the rest of the planet moved on, adding an S, turning math into maths. There was a whole lot of things going on at once and physics became physics, economic became economic. So all these subjects, not just mathematics, a lot of them got an S added to it. Except for America. Around about the start of the 20th century, when things were being shortened, it was just pick a lane. America had earlier gone with math. They were still harking back to when it wasn't pseudo-plural. It's not a plural, but you know. (laughs) And Britain decided, we like the sound of maths. And as you can see, it's so inconsistent. Like We just found out with gymnastics or athletics or stats for statistics or econ, some people say for economics. So it just goes back and forwards. Whenever you're trying to make sense of things, you look for patterns. I thought maybe I'd found my pattern. A pattern that went, when in America, throw all your S's in the rubbish. Or trash, as you say in America. But it's not that easy. There's drama at every turn. A man has fallen into the river in Lego City. Start the new rescue helicopter. Start the rescue helicopter, all right, because it's another disaster involving the letter S. Newsflash America, while you say Legos, the rest of the planet says Lego. So what the heck is going on with Lego? We say Lego. The whole world says Lego. America calls it Legos. They say we're getting a Legos set for our child. They have put an S on, which is truly deranged. Exactly. So now we get the opposite. It's probably the second Lego-related kind of grievance overstepping on them in the middle of the night or something. (laughs) But this comes down to the whole thing about countable nouns and mass nouns. You can get one chair or table and lots of tables or chairs, but you can't have lots of furnitures. Furniture is a mass noun. It's like water versus drops of water. So yes, to us, it sounds like when someone talks about playing with Legos or buying Legos for their child, it's like they're saying, I'm going to drink a glass of waters. It just sounds ridiculous. And it is ridiculous. And in this case, I'm not going to say both are right, because one is right, and it's us with Lego. If you go to the source of Lego, which is the Lego group in Denmark, they've been very clear that Lego is the company name. It should be used as an adjective as in Lego bricks or Lego sets. It shouldn't be something that you count. So you don't say Legos when talking about the bits. You say Lego bricks. Bricks get the S, not Lego. They say America is the land of the free, but I say it's the land of mass confusion. So if you want a few other examples, sports versus sport. So Americans are into sports. That's what you'll find on the back page of the newspaper with the S on the end. 
So here we go. They've added an S again. <laughs> mashed potatoes versus mashed potato. They'll also say we've got quite a ways to go as opposed to we've got quite a way to go. Americans going back the other way will work towards something, whereas often the rest of the world is going towards something. <laughs> there are so many. It's just a Pandora's box. To be honest, at this point, it's a Pandora's box that's making me feel completely unhinged. The walls are closing in on me. The funnest little things I like looking at is actual words which are completely different in America. Like New Zealand, we grew up saying you would acclimatize to America. Yeah, absolutely. Acclimatize. And maybe unless they're talking about an air conditioning unit, they don't use it. They would say acclimate. It's a completely different word. <laughs> You've got aluminum and aluminium, but they're actually different words. So there's a whole other thing on that. Maybe we can <laughs> chat about that sometime. To be honest, I feel like I'm done with the talking. I feel like I'm done with words. What even are words? We've just made them up. We're a bunch of apes who have gotten control of our tongues and lips and started talking. And we all do it in our own way and we all think that we're right when none of us are right and none of us are wrong. So to Monica, a truce, I offer an olive branch of friendship, an end to this godforsaken war. I'll say math if she says Lego. Stay tuned for more Flightless Bird. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Flightless Bird is brought to you by FrameBridge. Now, FrameBridge makes it easier than ever to custom frame everything that matters without ever leaving the house, which means you can easily give a thoughtful gift this holiday season. I've been lucky enough to have a ton of incredible experiences with the people I loved this last year, and I'd like to do something special for each of them. FrameBridge is the perfect way to frame what matters most to them. So whether it's a selfie with your best friend, their game-winning jersey, or a special anniversary dinner menu, consider framing it with with FrameBridge. Give them a gift only you could give. One of the first things I did is give a gift to myself because I'm selfish and I got a bunch of concert prints I'd gotten, some photos and a magazine that I love and sent them all off to FrameBridge and they came back framed. I now need to be less selfish and get them for other people, but I looked after myself first and they're really good. Just go to framebridge.com and upload your photo. If you have a physical piece to frame, they'll send you complimentary packaging and you just put it in there, mail it into them and then it arrives back like like magic, all framed. When you're on the website, you can preview all the items and the different frames that you choose to see how they look. And you don't need to leave the house, which is kind of amazing. The best thing about it, it's really affordable. Instead of paying hundreds at a framing store, FrameBridge starts at just $39 plus free shipping. Get started today, frame your photos or give someone the perfect gift. Go to framebridge.com and place your order today. Flightless Bird is brought to you by Indeed. Now, hiring means getting past preconceived ideas and recognizing top talent. How do you do it? You need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in the one place. Don't spend hours and hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools and Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. Something I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. With Indeed assessments, you can pick from over 100 skills tests and add them to your job post. That way you can find candidates with the right skills really fast. Join over 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire the best talent fast. 
Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Just visit indeed.com bird to start hiring now. Just go to indeed.com bird. Indeed.com bird. Terms and conditions apply. Can you do it? Can you say Lego? I've never heard an American say it. I've never said it. That guy Le- rules. I love yeah, Dean him. is great. Writerscenter.com.au if, if you want to read his columns about language and why we are doing what we're doing. Okay. Lego, if you asked the company, I'll give you that. Mm. I will give you that. That's a different thing. That's a company. <laughs> But Mm. I feel a few things. Interesting that you, Dax, started this conversation by making it emotional. Uh Because I am now. (laughs) (laughs) Because. It was the Fast fast and Furious song. Well, I don't read the comments. So hearing some of those, Mm. well, the very nice one, the woman who stuck up for me, that person obviously reads the comments. And that means that there are a lot of comments about how I speak to you. Well, I think in that moment, not in general. I don't know. It kind of sounds like for all the people that don't like the way Monica talks to David. No, it was around this debate. This math, math thing went bonkers. It's so bonkers that that's why she's making that reference to all the people. When I used to look at them for armchair, there was a slew of that exact same sentiment about I put you down and... Dax is always elevating Monica and she's always putting him down. And that is my job here is to offer a different opinion. I think we're not so used to a woman saying, hey, that's wrong or hey, I'm presenting this and meeting a tall, white, charismatic, charming man that now there are two. (laughs) Exactly. Now I have two. And it bums me out. I'm scared. But. You really think that this this specific example is sexism? I think you're a lot more assertive than David. I'm a lot more assertive than David. Mm-hmm. David was is much more likely to acquiesce. Mm-hmm. And forget sexes. Like mm. he is so much more acquiescent than you and I are. Mm-hmm. It's my New we're Zealand the, ways. We're the pilots from New York City uh, flying out of Teterboro. Totally. Like we'll go. We're getting on the fucking plane. On you know. And I think that's what it is. If it's not, I'm not talking. I get those random, by the way, I get those too. It's like, Dax, why won't you let Monica have a nicer seat? Dax, why won't you? It's like all these, I'm the big bad white male that's not letting you do stuff. You're going to get a handful of people that can only see the world through the lens of that. Right. You were like, that's crazy, as I would have said. And then he just moved on sheepishly. And I think people felt s- sad for him. It was the perfect That he storm. didn't defend himself. It was the it's perfect It's not a comment storm. really, I think, on your aggressiveness as much as they felt bad he didn't defend himself. That's fine. If it's just about this conversation, sure, great. But I'm worried that there are more. I've about never just read the that. way that we communicate. And I am more aggressive than you. It's so funny because I thought if we had any problem on the podcast, it was that we're agreeing with each other too much. I think well, I always think we're too much in the same boat. I'm like, oh, no. Well, people just think we've got two people with the same brain. So the idea that there's a perceived conflict about maths and maths, I just found it very funny. <laughs> yeah. And I don't want you to feel sad about it. 
Well, Don't feel sad. <laughs> Anyone fighting about math or maths, I mean, it's just all so funny. It is funny. I just worried about a deeper issue that is old for me and you. If I see that replaying, I don't like it. The thing that I've found very interesting about the show is what people think it is. So the biggest insult I'll get tagged in about anything I do will always be like, and you call yourself a journalist and you said that. (laughs) It's interesting because I don't see this show as journalism. I see it as kind of a quirky, interesting me sort of wandering and and sort of meeting people and learning and I sort of know nothing and I know a little bit more at the end, but I definitely don't know everything. But it's funny, some people like to go to that sort of wanting a news team approach where I'm sort of a well-resourced machine going out and getting every angle and every, completely you know, if I leave a fact out, it's like, you call yourself a journalist? You didn't mention this aspect of porn. Yeah. It's like, it's like a it's sort of an hour we make every week and it's sort of delightful and weird, but it's not journalism. Yeah. No, nor are you claiming it's journalism. But by the way, people are just very adept at figuring out the one thing they think they can best yeah. you in an argument with. So yours is... Not very journalistic of you. Yeah. It's comical. But that's just going to be a go-to. So for you, that's an easy go-to that's sitting there on the table. If they didn't like your opinion on pornography, that's just an easy go-for-the-knees shot. I also have to just really quickly compare this to the Howard Stern show, which I know you guys don't listen to. I've listened to it a few times. I get the vibe. The notion that people are defending... Anyone in this room, because we're being bullied, is hysterical relative to the Howard Stern show. Like, I can't imagine what the commenters saying there. They're downright cruel to each other. They're fucking with each other. They're telling each other they got fired. Yeah. They're faking deaths. Twelve of them gang up on some guy till he finally blows up. And, and that's the show. The show yeah. is like this funny. So brutal. Yeah, it's the funny tension between this group of people that basically live together. You know, that's the story of the show. But it's a lot of men. I mean, there's Robin, but I don't know if there, she's a part of the like the nagging. And so for me, it feels way worse. I don't know Mm. if it's sexist, but it feels worse to be the woman who people are saying is naggy or putting the men down in the room when I'm just doing what everyone else is doing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If that's ever a criticism, it's a completely mad criticism. And maybe it's not there, (laughs) but But it's also built into culture in general. So it's in the world in general. So there's going to be elements of that everywhere. Right. But I also feel but like if you find a woman's personality aggressive, like you would find a man's aggressive, do you have to assume, well, I only mind her aggressiveness because she's a woman? If you like a man's aggression, yeah. But I don't think anyone likes aggressive, period. Yes, they do. They like strong men with opinions who come in with confidence and are eloquent Mm. and able to speak them. And if a woman comes in, they're not given that same level of respect inherently. I mean, unless there's more chance it's going to be a nag as opposed to assertiveness. Unless they're cozy and sweet and can package it up perfectly so that it's palatable. I don't know. Anyway, I also think that you did this to help me. I hear that. I see that. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Whilst I did sort of pitch it as being a war, I also want it to be a bridge building exercise. Well, what's really funny is like, so throughout that whole piece, I would latch on to something like, well, okay, so we have it right because it started with math. Also, it's from the Latin and A is the plural or a vowel at the end is the plural and there is no S. 
and then we immediately start contradicting our own rule, whether it's Legos or that's what's great. It's like nobody even has a rule they're following yeah. consistently. Oh, it's chaos. <laughs> it's total chaos. That's what I love about this. I do want to say the Lego thing. What I think happens with Legos, first and foremost, I can't believe in Michigan that we don't say maths. We put an S on everything. That's right. Kroger's, Target's, Walmart's, everything's got an S. Huh. I think the Lego thing in this country suffers from whatever that term is where you come to know the product as the brand name, Kleenex. We only say Kleenex, we say yeah. Xerox. I don't think I've ever thought that those were Lego brand bricks. The brick oh. itself is a Lego. No one's ever said yeah, a Lego right. brick in my entire life. Yeah. The the brick itself is called a Lego. Oh, so, so even a knockoff so brand would still be a Lego block. Totally. Yeah, like you'd even say, like, do you see those huh. huge Legos they're making in some other brand? Like they oh, make these big Legos. Sounds exciting. Because there were, they were, what, what is it? Duplo. Duplo. Yeah, those okay, are just big, big Legos. Yeah, for kids, right? And then you would never say I'm going to play Lego because that to me would mean you're going to take one brick <laughs> exactly. and start playing with it. We're talking well, about. That's not fun. We're talking about. We call, we call the items Legos. <laughs> yes. We don't. We don't realize that's the like, brand. Can name. you get me yeah. a blue Lego and then a green Lego? Yes, we would say it then. Yeah. That's so funny. But I'm gonna play Legos. Legos are the are the noun. Yeah. I also really like Lego. I'm one of those pathetic adults that still will buy Lego sets. And Ooh. so the other day someone texted me and I was like, I wanted them to think I was cool and they're like, What are you doing? And I what I was doing was sat there playing with Lego. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I just had a moment where I'm, I'm 39. I sort of, you know, when you capture sort of how pathetic a certain aspect of your life is, and I'm yeah. sort of sitting there with my instruction <laughs> manual, crawling around in the floor trying to find the bit. And I was like, what is this? Like, is this what I should be using my time to do? And yet I tell you, when that spaceship was built, I felt so proud. It's so cool. I think it's fine. Thank you. Yeah, the only thing I object to is using the instructions. Oh, that's the only part to me that sounded <laughs> embarrassing or pathetic. You see how complicated this set was. I have a friend's set and it just sits because I don't play with Legos. So oh, I box. would love for somebody to build it for I'll me. I'll come and build it. Do you oh. want to come over and play Legos? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You guys say they'll play Lego. You're right. Yeah. I'll say it right. And have wine. But you know what I but say? But I mean wines. I say, <laughs> do you say I'm going to go play Legos? I'd play say with. I'm going to go play with Legos. Yes. No, no. Play, no Lego. play with Lego. Want to build some Lego, Lego together this weekend? Oh, wow. Yeah. Lego. <laughs> All right. Crazy. So I've got a little bit more of this documentary. Okay. Yeah. You thought this was over? It's not over. Yay. There's more. It's 3 a.m. and I'm wide awake. Dean's words are echoing through my head. No one's wrong in this. No one's wrong in this. No one's wrong in this. And when it comes to language, maths and math, he's right. I get that. But these differences between America and the rest of the world have consequences. Because thinking about how I say mathematics got me thinking about numbers and how we use them in America. More specifically, how we use numbers and measurement. And so when the sun finally came up and the weird American birds started calling, I went for a walk and started talking to people along the way. How many ounces in a pound? 16. Good job. 16. Oh, in a pound? I have no idea. I'm talking to people about units of measurement because American measurements make no sense to me. In New Zealand, like most of the modern world, we use the metric system. But America is stuck in the dark ages. Inches, feet, yards, miles, ounces, stones, pounds. 16 ounces in a pound. 16. Okay, 16. How many ounces in a pound? I don't know. 16? 32? 28? Look, most people I bummed into knew how many ounces were in a pound. 16. 16. 16. 
Yeah, 16. 16. But what about how many pounds in a stone? How many pounds in a stone? Is that a trick question? Couldn't tell you. <laughs> okay, so my ex-boyfriend is Scottish, and we've had this conversation, even he doesn't know. <laughs> how many do you think? I thought it was seven. It's 14. Okay, I had half of it, darn it. Oh, oh man, hold on. 60? No, it's like 14 or 13.7. Oh, yeah. You're the first person to get 14, correct. Wow. Yeah, there are 14 pounds in a stone. 14. Why? There were 16 ounces in a pound, so of course, logically, there are 14 pounds in a stone. Makes perfect sense. Look, to be fair, America doesn't really do stones. That wasn't yet part of the imperial system when the 13 colonies began, apparently. But my point is, the imperial system's rubbish. You guys need to get the metric system. It's really good. I used to share cooking, and everything was both the metric and then there was the part for the Americans. That's how I would put it. Even though I'm an American and I'm from California, there's for the smart people and there's for us. <laughs> She's being self-deprecating. Americans, please don't murder me. You're as smart or as dumb as anyone is. But what's going on here? Most of the planet uses the metric system. The most up-to-date version is known as the International System of Units, where everything operates in multiples of 10. It makes sense. When you adopt the metric system, it's known as metrication. Every nation in the world has metricated. Every nation except Myanmar, Liberia, and the United States of America. As Dean from earlier puts it, America's fully dived into the Kool-Aid of the imperial system. The imperial stormtroopers. The imperial system is just objectively bonkers. Back in 2018, Twitter user Irons pointed out the crazy in a series of tweets. I'll paraphrase, but it went like this. There are 16 ounces in a pound. 16, what kind of number is that? Guess how many pounds are in a stone? You'll never guess. 14. Maths has clearly abandoned us. Numbers mean nothing at this point. How many ounces in a cup? Eight, okay, whatever you say, America. 12 inches in a foot and three feet in a yard and 1,760 yards in a mile. What? Continuing on my walk, which I was attempting to calculate in yards, I was feeling increasingly unhinged. It was at that moment I met a recent graduate who threw more chaos into my already fragile brain. And there's also the association with math with either red binders or blue binders. There's a very big debate. What? So if you ask most high school or college students what color is math associated with, half of them will say red and half of them will say blue. What do you say? Uh, I say blue. Say me too. English is red. Yes. Yeah, and science is always green. History is yellow. Yeah, so yeah. We kind of color coordinated all the subjects based on the binder we used for them in like middle school or high school. This is amazing. And do, do you think that differs school to school or state to state? I think it's based on school because everyone in your school did one thing. And so if you were doing something else, everybody would point it out or like make fun of you in a joking way. So everyone just kind of conformed to the one color. I guess everyone has laptops now, but when I was at school, we did have books we'd write in. But they weren't coloured because we'd put Juraseal on them. Do you have Juraseal in America? I don't even know. It's like a sticky pattern paper you'd seal over your books so they wouldn't get too dog-eared. So you'd tell what subject each book was for, whether your Juraseal showed a pot of dolphins or a montage of sheep or whatever. I've also heard there's a space shuttle that blew up. What? A bombshell. The man went on, telling me a spaceship had blown up because someone forgot to convert from imperial into metric or vice versa. I had to find out more. So I'm Omar. I majored in aerospace engineering. That's what I was really excited about. I came to the university in the US, but I originally was born in Egypt, lived in Dubai. That's my background. So I've been used to the metric system. 
Omar, like me, was mystified by America's ways. Each day, he missed the metric system. When someone says it's 100 degrees Fahrenheit, I'm like, that sounds hot. (laughs) I don't know what that means, though. Like me, Omar is used to Celsius, part of the international system of units, that most recent version of the metric system. Zero degrees Celsius is freezing, 100 is boiling. Simple. Anyway, I'm talking to Omar because he's an aerospace engineer and knows about the incident NASA would prefer to forget. No one likes to blame one person at NASA. Back on December 11, 1998, NASA launched the Mars Climate Orbiter, which cost about $125 million to build. It was a space probe that would be used to discover the secrets of the Martian climate. Now, NASA is smart. They use the metric system, like a lot of American scientists do. But that doesn't mean all of NASA's American suppliers did. They still have to work with suppliers that are going to supply your 1 16th inch bolts and whatnot. And you have one supplier, Lockheed Martin. That's the main supplier that is basically what people like to point as a source of the error. They were supplying data in what makes sense to them, U.S. customary units. And so when they look at those results, they're like, this makes sense. We're good to go. We can move forward to the next stage of the project. But no one actually went ahead and said, let's make sure that when we're integrating this into the system, into the full orbiter, let's actually make this communicate in metric. That was where this real source of error came in. Basically, the NAV team at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory used the metric system, while someone at Lockheed Martin in Colorado delivered very, very important information in pounds. And no one knew that. Uh-oh. They have to use little thrusters that push it and rotate it back into the right orientation so that when it gets to Mars, it's in the orientation that they expect it to be. So those thrusters are giving you a force of measurement and communicating that to the NASA team on the ground, mission control essentially, so that they can predict the trajectory. Those forces are in pounds and they're assuming it's in newtons or, you know, mass times gravity constant. So that's where the connection failed. Some pounds were not converted to newtons per square meter, and the Mars Climate Orbiter orbited too close to the Mars climate. The $125 million probe ignited in flames, exploded, and was never heard from again. All because someone didn't convert something to metric. There are other examples. In 83, a Boeing 767 ran out of fuel mid-flight because someone messed up a metric conversion. Luckily for the passengers, the pilot was also an avid glider pilot, and he glided that 767 100 kilometers to a landing strip. There are so many stories. Medical mishaps where sedatives were given in grains and not grams. My point is, I started this journey to discover the origin of the S in maths. You could argue it was all a case of math hysteria, but I'd argue America's steadfastness in its grammar and units of measurements is no joke. Planes are running out of fuel and space shuttles are exploding in deep space. This is no laughing matter. Math, maths, pounds and square meters, it's not hysteria. It's life and death. Did you find maths hysteria funny? I liked it. I missed it. It wasn't that I didn't think it was funny. I just heard mass hysteria. Sometimes when I'm playing these documentaries to you guys, there's something I think's just out of genius. Mm. And I'm looking at what you're doing. (laughs) Yeah, of course. And sometimes nothing. I feel devastated. Conversely, though, I'm losing my mind over some areas you probably didn't see coming. And I'm just glossing over completely. Yeah, like I had a couple huge belly laughs that I don't think you saw coming. 
It's always a surprise. It's a roller coaster. That's what making a show is all about. It's like playing the guitar and staring at the person you're playing for. That's basically Ooh. what he's doing, which yeah, is a big my, trigger for you. I, like, I think yeah. he never looks. He's always like looking this. Yeah, but I'll flick. You'd think that, but I'm yeah. occasionally going bang, oh, flicking God, my little eyes over to see what's going on over darting there. them to and fro. <laughs> my eyes are darting around all over the place all the time. What an incredible story about the NASA oh thing. I've not, I've not heard that. All That's, because there was no conversion. I'm gonna start asking pilots. Just making sure everything's been converted correctly. To leaders. To You're going to need a lot more leaders than you need gallons. Yeah, the temperature thing here, I agreed with Omar so strongly about during the heat wave in Los Angeles, people are like, oh my God, it's 100, 120. And it's just like, okay, it's yeah, hot. Yeah. But everyone's so excited and it just makes no sense to me and I don't think ever will. Well, because there's like a mental hurdle for us. Once we go to triple digits, it means more. But for you, it would be the difference between like 38 and 39. Yeah, completely. Or something like that. Uh, yeah, it just does not. Not but that's not very, in. that's not really emotional, you know? Like, it's emotional for us to, yeah, hit triple, triple digits, digits, getting close to 100. Like, everyone knows getting close to 100 is big deal yeah. in general, in lot in Imagine school. when we all become 100. That would be such a big deal. I don't exactly. know what it was like when you were growing up, but we made a big push in the 80s. Mm. Everyone was like, we got to get on this metric system. Mm. And we had in my elementary every year we'd have metric field day. Oh. And so we had oh, all these events this. on the playground. We had to fill up a bucket with six liters of water. Then <laughs> yeah. you had to do the, you know, whatever it was, the 10 meter jump instead of the oh, fucking. Oh, I love that. You know, everything was done in meters and milliliters to help us. Didn't work. There was a real push to convert. And I honestly think by the end of the 80s, they were like, you know what? Fuck it. It's not going to happen. It's not taking. Yeah. There was an earnest effort. But also England's still using standard. And we call it standard, by the way. Of <laughs> Instead course Instead of we imperial, do. whatever you were calling it. Our imperial system. Yeah, we call yeah, it standard. standard. <laughs> right. The other thing I want to um, say America. is I don't know how much it affects your average person. For me, as someone who has a lot of tools and works on stuff, it couldn't be more annoying. I have two entirely different sets of tools. I have every single socket in standard, quarter inch, eighth inch, sixteenth inch, you know, three quarter inch. And then I have everything in millimeters. Oh, that's eight millimeter, ten millimeter, fourteen. And why are you swapping? So, because Half the parts on the car, or some are made in Japan with the metric system. Some are yeah. made here in the States with the standard system. If I'm going from motorcycle to motorcycle, and as you add aftermarket parts, you don't know where. So you're mm. constantly, as a mechanic, yeah. you're like, oh, that looks like it's a quarter. You go put it on there. Oh, it almost fits. It doesn't. Oh, I think that's eight millimeter. You yeah, know, imagine making some sort of Mars orbiter. And you're dealing yes. with those sort of conversions. Just yeah. on a bike, it would be crazy enough. Yes. It reminds me of that amazing story with that commercial airliner. There was an amazing documentary with bad special effects made about it. But an engineer used a bolt. The thread was just a tiny bit too small on the windscreen of this commercial liner. Oh, boy. And as the plane was flying, it was up in the air just doing its thing. we filled with hundreds of people on this mm. plane. It wasn't a tiny plane, big plane. Windscreen. <laughs> comes off windshield we, we call it yeah gone Whoa. one of the pilots immediately gets yanked out with the pressure no. yanked out yeah but no. someone else in the cockpit i believe it was a steward who had come through just to like check on things had such lightning fast reactions he grabbed their legs no, no. and they basically landed the plane whilst the pilot was outside no. getting extreme frostbite freezing 
Yeah. At that speed, while the guy is getting frostbite from his hands, just holding the guy's legs, mm. and they landed that plane, and everybody survived. No, he was able wow. to hold on with that force. Oh, he dislocated his shoulder while he was trying to hold on because it was just so much force going on. And it's it, the best and worst great result airline disaster story I've ever heard about. Did somebody then hold on to his feet and somebody held, you know, it's like a big chain. Like a sandbag chain? (laughs) Yeah. Scully gets all this attention. This person deserves to be celebrated. I wrote about it on Webroom. With the show notes for this, I'll link to the story. It's an airline disaster that no one seems to know about, but it's the most incredible story I've ever heard. I read about one similar. It was a Hawaiian flight from one island to the other. And on those Hawaiian planes, now I don't want to scare anyone, Mm -hmm. but Let's say your average plane has 10,000 takeoffs and landings. I don't know. This is a very arbitrary number. Those island planes, they may take off and land 14 times in a day, right? So a four-year-old plane, they might have the equivalent of a 40-year-old plane take off and landing, whatever. There was a structural failure, and the top of the fuselage ripped off over a whole section in the economy class no the top of the plane flew off they were all of a sudden in a fucking convertible (laughs) and several people same thing got ripped out immediately that's why you always had to put your seatbelt on but they did land that thing Wow. After taking a convertible ride through the air. You think the whole thing would just be impossible, right? The whole thing would just... The force. I think that's when you understand all the structural integrity is in the wings. Just too much use on that plane. Too many takeoffs. So, ding, ding, ding. The pilots do need to know physics. So, they remember physics. Do you say... Physics. Yeah, we say say physics. We agree. Hey, this is a bridge. It also World peace is restored. It goes to show, like... What are you focusing on? I mean, so much of the language we're speaking is identical. There's yeah. so much more to be happy about. That's There's only true. this handful of weird things. Yeah, we right. should be celebrating our similarities, not the differences. <laughs> right. Although sometimes we should celebrate differences yes, as well. Of course. In the case of language, <laughs> don't take that out of context. 2022. Uh-oh. <laughs> God, can't yeah, wait. Right. Lego. Lego. Math. That was really fun. I learned a lot. I did too. And what a turn it took with the whole metric system. That was thrilling. I will say also, I just want to add, I can do most of the conversions. I know 100 kilometers an hour, 60 miles an hour. No, I can't do it at all. If you watched racing, you'd care more probably. Mm. Or if you were into going high speeds. You know that there's three feet in a meter. Yes. Right? Yeah. We can do most of these things. A kilo is 2.2 pounds. We can multiply by 2.2. The conversion from Celsius to Fahrenheit is a fucking joke. It's oh. like X minus 32 times 7 over 31. Or There's some bizarre. I think it's 30 degrees Celsius. 37.7. God, I'm dumb. Celsius. Yeah, zero is 32, yeah. which is fine. You go, oh, I just add 32. No, because no. 100 is 212. I know. I don't get that. <laughs> you yeah, follow me? Zero is 32, but 100 is 212. So the, ah. so the formula to make both those things work yeah. is very complicated. Yeah. What, do you have it, Rob? Yeah. Take the Fahrenheit amount minus 32 and then multiply it by five ninths. Yeah. Five ninths. There we go. Five ninths. <laughs> oh, my God. This is obvious. I mean, yeah. I like the metric system. I'm happy to go for it, but I'd like to keep Fahrenheit because I like that you know when 100 is extreme. 
Okay. I like that part yeah, too. Yeah, I like that. But we think how that. much they must like. Like for us, 32 is insignificant. It's stupid. No one gets pumped when it's like, oh, it's going to go to 31 tomorrow. Or like when or it's 33. It's my 32nd birthday. Like that's a boring birthday, but 100? Well, okay, still. <laughs> but I just wanted you to recognize that we gain something and we give up something. Mm. What we've gained is going to 100. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah it's cool. It's so thrilling. Yeah. Now, going below 30, it's never on the news like, we're going to hit 31 tomorrow. Right. Like that's below our freezing. freezing. So our, we don't eventize freezing because it's 32 yeah. to and 31. so important. So I guarantee in Europe and everywhere, they're like, it's going to be negative one. It's like, whoa, it's oh, freezing. That's, that's what we do in New Zealand on our weather. Okay. Oh, zero. Yeah. Yeah. But it means nothing to us 31. Yeah, you get excited about the heat. We uh-huh. get excited about the yeah. extreme cold. Can't do it all. But we live in we Los Angeles. Freezing is not a thing. It's not for us. It's not, it's not for, for us. It's so hot here. <laughs> right. So I'm suffering. The hundred- <laughs> I'm always, that's why I'm always guzzling down I'm this water. You just contradicted yourself. A minute ago, you were like, people were like, 101. I'm like, eh, it's a little hot. And now you're like, you're dying under the burden of this heat. Because he's becoming more American and Californian at that. Wow. Also, for someone who's complaining about the weather here so much, this motherfucker's been in shorts for like 300 (laughs) of the last 310 days. I don't think you could do that in New Zealand. I have a really weird thing where my legs never get colds, but my top half always does get colds. So I could be in shorts all the time and it's not a problem. My top and my bottom have different things going on. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh you have different God. circulation? Yeah. I also have one of those terrible things where I have really bad circulation to my hands. So I'm nervous. My hand gets like, very cold. And that can be like a social nightmare, having to shake hands and something. I'm always the cold, clammy hand. Oh. I remember one time I had to meet Jessica Alba to interview her in New Zealand when I just started in a newsroom. And my hands went like cold fish. <laughs> and I had five minutes and I rushed into the urinal and just started blasting my hands with hot water to try and get them up for temp for Jess when she walked in. Oh, my god! What happened is that somehow it got worse than just being like a cold fish. It became sweaty and there were layers of it. So when she finally shook my hand, oh she got an initial very hot sweat. And then she squeezed a bit. And I did a firm shake because I want to say I'm strong. Firm shake. Then I think she pushed through and could feel the under the cold core temp of uh, my hand, which was icicle like. Oh. And I think I saw her, I looked her sort of in the face because I knew it was going to be bad. <laughs> yeah. But the look I got back is the one look you don't want to get from Jessica Alba, and it was disgust. The hand that I presented her was a mess. Fire and ice. Oh. Why, why am I saying this? I love, wow. Sometimes David accidentally tells us secrets and you have to take what you can get because he just refuses to share secrets. Back in the cage again now. No more (laughs) secrets. All right. Uh, Am I more American? Slightly. Yeah, I think you are because now you're going to start saying math and I'm going to start saying Lego. We're going to meet in the middle. You're more Euro. He's more Mary. That's right. Love you guys. Love you. 